You're listening to Fair Game, the fair industry's premier podcast experience with your host, Robert Smith. All right, uh, podcast family. So this one today is one that I've been looking forward to doing for a while. We're going to deviate a little bit um, from the typical fair and marketing stuff that I'm always focused on. Uh, because I'm down here at the um, working at the Osceola County Fair in Kissimmee, Florida, but we don't open for another few hours, so I've taken an opportunity um, to come cruise over here to Disney Springs and hang out um, with a very dear friend of mine, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Brent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, there he goes with the voices. That's my intro. So that's your intro? Yeah, all the time. So this is cool. So we're testing out, my other podcast recorder kind of went 86, and so we're testing out just doing it on an iPhone. And so far, it, like, it seems easy enough. Yeah. So, Tony, for those people at home that are listening, or if they're out on the road driving across this country, flying over its skies, something, give them, like, the two-minute... Um, history of who you are where like where you your role is in entertainment tell them who you are well i am uh, i have brown eyes and dark hair and i'm five foot nine and i'm I'm a virgo long walks on the boardwalk beach uh yeah i uh uh, live in orlando and um i am a uh uh, have a dinner show i have a one-man comedy magic dinner show called the out of control uh Comedy Magic Dinner Show, and it's inside of a place called Wonderworks on International Drive in Orlando, and it is uh, had this show since the year 2000, and, uh, and that's it, pretty much. Do a comedy magic show. 2000. Now you meant you started that in 2000. Yep. Now, do you? You may not remember because I don't know if we met in 2000, but that was I. I knew who you were. Because Sarah and I were on the Walt Disney College program, mm-hmm. and I worked at studios. And you, I discovered you when you and at the time your buddy Danny yep. were dressed up as Moen. Was it Dillman? A uh, Delman. The Delman. Be- Delman the Bellman. Delman the Bellman. So you guys were dressed up. And as I was the Motel. Motel. Got Get it? it. I never did. Yes. Wink, wink. I, I, nudge, always, nudge. I only knew Mo and Delman. <laughs> yep. And so. For those of you who don't remember Disney World, back at the uh, Millennium Celebration, these characters they created wore the same costume as the bellhops in yep. uh, the Tower of Terror. Yep, yep. And so, tell, talk about that a little bit, because that's kind of the, the history of where I discovered you. Crap, I just realized we've known each other a long time. Yeah, we have. Um, we were young kids back we then. Were, we were, we were youngsters. Now. We were youngsters then. So Moe and Delman. Um, Moe and Delman. Uh, Moe and Delman were bellhops, bumbling bellhops uh, for the Tower of Terror. And um, Danny had been a longtime friend of mine. We performed together uh, all over the country as far back as 1994. And he had made the move down to Florida and was working for uh, Walt Disney World as this character, Delman. And uh, he, uh, he had a partner at the time that was working with him who was going to make a move to Epcot. And so Danny contacted me, and at the time I was doing a tour for the Fox Family Channel before it was purchased by Disney, which is ironic because that Disney bought the uh, network that 
I used to work for right uh, right after I started working for Disney. Right. So anyway, we uh, we did uh, what they call streetmosphere. We were street performers at uh, Hollywood Studios, which was then called Disney's MG MGM Studios. Disney's MGM Studios. Yes, yep. it was. Yep. <laughs> Side note. Some imagination. Si- huh? Right. Side note. In 2000, the only thing left of MGM was what? Do you know? The uh, the tower? The Water Wizard tower. of Oz scene in the great movie ride. Oh, the was Wizard of Oz. the last oh. true standing of MGM. Oh, before they switched over? And before they... Oh, yep. okay. And then I when the licensing Trivia. deal ended, they ca- obviously they kept that part of the movie, but then they changed the name. But the last... At 2000, like the last real thing was the Wizard of Oz. Did and, not know and that. And now GMR is gone, so. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, I haven't even, I haven't been over there in a couple of years. Uh, I need to get, I need to get back over there and check it out, but it's right. good times. So, back on Mo and Dillman. You guys would come out, you'd play off each other as the bellhops. Yep. The thing that I always found fascinating, is even back then, I was in college, I was Back where I went to school in Portales, New Mexico, I would do kids' birthday parties on the weekends to kind of help pay for books and food and whatnot while I was away at school. Mm-hmm. The thing that fascinated me about your show is it seemed like you never actually had one. You just <laughs> made it up as you went. Yes. We did not have an actual show. We, uh, and I still don't. Uh, <laughs> But I, we, I can tell you, yeah. having seen his show in Orlando, he does not have a show, and it is the best <laughs> not show ever. Uh, Danny and I uh, both have the attitude that we prefer things that appear, appear to be uh, spontaneous. Right. Uh, I'm not really a fan of slick shows, no matter what they are, overly rehearsed shows. Uh, I'm much more interested in something that's off the cuff. Right. And Danny is a comedy genius. I mean, he's a, he's just incredible. So I spent a lot of time just watching him, and that's where I learned most of my comedy from. But uh, we would, we knew what we were going to, the way we were going to end up, but we didn't know how we were going to get there. So we basically went out, and every show was improv. Yeah. And we had a couple of bits that we knew we were going to do at some point. Right. Um, and you just played and built around that. We just played and made it up and built around it. And we messed with the crowd so much and improved with the crowd so much. Every show was always different. Right. I, I remember watching, because I was in custodial at studios. And uh-huh. when I was inside, especially because you guys were down like by tip board and down, close, down sunset towards yep, the tower sunset. a little bit more. Yep. I remember when I would see you guys, very often it was, um, I would watch you for 15 minutes. And you guys didn't actually accomplish anything. Like, yeah, right. I always wanted to know: <laughs> Has Delman gotten out of the straitjacket yet, or is he no. still in that damn straitjacket? He's still in it. He never got out. <laughs> <laughs> we would do a straitjacket escape slash uh, rope escape, where I would be put in a straitjacket, tied in a hundred feet of rope to a chair, and then Delman would be also put in a straitjacket. Right. And then eventually, usually, I got out of all of mine, and he didn't get out at all. And we would walk off the set. And he'd still be in He's the still in straight dragon. That's the most amazing thing, because mm-hmm. being a magician and and knowing that it's the same bits with the straight jacket right. over and over. We're not, for being creatives, we're yeah. not very creative. Not very, no. But I remember that hitting me as, <laughs> wait, they just came out, built up this whole 12 <laughs> or 15 minute set of him getting out of the jacket, only to not yes. get out of the jacket. No end, there was no end. It had no ending. It we just, just walked off. Yes. <laughs> I always found that that genius. 
So flash forward now, you have, for the better part of two decades now, yep. had one of the most successful dinner shows in the state, in the country, in the world here in Orlando. Thank um, you. How has that um, how has that changed the trajectory of your career? Well, I mean, I was, first of all, very fortunate that uh, when I started this show, everybody thought it was a mistake <laughs> because they, everybody said, no, dinner shows won't last in Orlando. Right. They come and go. And uh, my attitude from the beginning was to not compete with anybody else, to sort of do our own thing. Right. So I wanted to come up, I wanted to do a show that was heavy on improv comedy and audience participation so that every show would be different. And people that saw it would instantly realize this can't be the same show as it was last night because right now my husband's on stage dancing right. or whatever. Right. So uh, I wanted to build it around that with that attitude rather than, I knew that there was no way we can compete with Disney, no way we can compete with Universal on any level. Right. So I wanted to go a different route. So. Uh, that's the route we took and it, it you know it's paid off for us and uh, you know I get to do what I love and I get to sleep in my own bed at night you yeah, know and you say uh, that to me while I'm you know 1800 yeah, miles away from you, my family yeah. right now where are you Robert <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's, it's, you get to you get to stay in your bed every night I, I travel um, and it's kind of interesting. I, I think part of the reason Sarah and I have the strong marriage that we do is because I do leave like Because you're never at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're home. Uh, no, I, you're right. No, I totally agree. And I think for me, though, remember, too, I used to travel. Right. So I've been I've had both sides of it. Like in the 90s, I did a lot of travel. So yeah. um, I know what it's like, you know, on both sides of the fence. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, uh, I'm happier I'm, I'm in a good place with what I'm doing now. And I also get to change up the show whenever I feel like it. So I don't get bored. Right. You know, and I don't really have anybody telling me, forcing me to do any certain thing. And I do sort of what I want to do. Sure. And if, I, if I'm if i in the mood, I'll switch out routines and yeah. try something different. Well, I see your, your, oh, your updates on Facebook regularly where it's, oh, putting this one back in or trying, I'm going to go yeah. for this impression. And I see that stuff. And some of the times it, it lines up for when I might actually be in town and I'm like, well, you know, I'm gonna have to go yeah. go see. And the last time I came to see your show, I mean, it, it's changed so much from when Danny was in it with you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and now with what you have, I mean, it was strong then, it was hysterical then, like you said. I mean, mm -hmm. Danny was like trained by Russian circus freaks. Like, yeah, I he mean, was. He's Re like uh, yeah. literally one literally. of the best in the business. <laughs> yeah. um, you're, your show just comes across as, um, and I say this from having been entertained by magicians and, and having been a magician, it does not come across as contrived, as very rigid or, and maybe I'm not describing it right, I feel like a lot of magicians, the attitude is, look at this trick I can do, you should clap for me because I look at this yeah, trick. Right. Yeah. You you are not the star of your show that's the amazing thing you yeah, you right. are the host of the show but you're not the star right the uh, six, I agree. eight or ten people that are up on stage in the audience every night is the star of that show yeah uh, that's true and i and the, the my the theory behind that is if the other family members are watching their their the wife or the dad or the child on stage right uh, having fun they're going to take pictures they're going to do videos everything 
and it's a memory for them. Sure. Whereas I'm really not interested if they remember me. Right. I am, of course, obviously, but it's more important that they had a great time. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like a, I want to have a party kind of atmosphere where everybody's having fun. There's nothing serious in my show at all whatsoever. Right. So, so yeah, that's the way I feel about it. So I'm glad you feel that way too. So. Well, it's, I mean, it seems to work. I will look at your yeah. reviews. I go and I see, yeah. you know, where he ranked in, you know, TripAdvisor or whatever. You're regularly ranked in the top five things to do yeah. in Orlando. Yeah, we've I, mean, been... I don't think people understand the scale. Your theater um, literally seats, what, like 75, 80 uh, people? 125. 125. Yeah. It's a tiny theater, and yeah. they're crammed in there like sardines. Oh, yeah. It's pretty tight. Yeah, it is. Um, and yet your servers still manage to get through and serve everybody yep. comfortably. Yep. You're competing against the biggest entertainment companies in the world. Yeah. Between um, Disney, Universal, I mean, hell, even... Fun spot, yeah. Probably has oh, yeah. a bigger budget than <laughs> what your show has, right, yeah. and yet you're out there crushing it every night. Well, it was. It all comes back to uh, keeping it fresh and keeping it oriented toward the guests, and also giving them the unexpected. I really don't do anything standard, right? Uh, so everything is. This I can attest. I to. write all my own material. Uh, I know what people think of magicians. I am honestly not a huge fan of magic. Right. Uh, I treat it as a tool, but I'm not obsessed. I've never been obsessed with it to the point to where I ignore what the what the uh, uh, money-paying public wants to see. So right. I, I give them what they want, right. not necessarily what I want. I, but I make it fun for myself at the same time. Sure. What's a piece of advice that uh, old you, older? Yeah. <laughs> you. Okay. Hold you, you uh, What's a piece of advice you would give your younger self, like the twenty-year-old Tony Brent? What does he need to know? Um, I would have. I would have said, uh, do what I'm doing now, but do it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Right. In terms of, uh, and I can only speak for you know. I've mostly been in, in in magic and comedy. Uh, so the variety arts, we'll call it the variety arts. I think the, one of the problems with the variety arts is variety arts are rarely ever remembered by name by anybody. Um, so I would say focus more on the character. That's interesting you say that because I still talk to people that are like, who is that guy that vanished the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. I mean, it, David Copperfield, like, what do you mean, who is that? Right. But it still happens. And, you know, and I think, too, I, I, I'm, I've lived in this market, in the tourism market, been here for a long time, and the people that come here are the people who can, who probably have maybe seen a magician on a cruise ship. Sure. Or somewhere, they're the people with the disposable income to go see. To travel and experience to travel, those things. Sure. And those people never remember anybody's name. Oh, yeah. They'll say, oh, I saw a guy on a cruise ship. Oh, what was his name? I don't know. He did know, some card tricks. I don't know, but he did this thing tricks. with a card and a bowling ball. And yeah, a, yeah, and yep. so it's, I would say to a younger me, make more of an effort to establish yourself as a personality right. and, a, and as a character or characters uh, so you can set yourself apart. I think setting yourself apart is a key uh, key to success in this market rather than just being another 
magician sure. or a jug. I mean, you've done that. You've taken that advice and you've set yourself apart. Well, that's where the whole Conjurer Fortune Machine came from because I recognized real early on when I got into the fair industry, there's 10,000 magicians out there. And yep. no, like, honestly, that was the best gut check for me because I went and I observed the fair industry and like, my show was good, mm -hmm. but if you lined up 100 magicians, I might be number 49 or 48. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. that was me being self-aware enough to recognize that was a vulnerability to my future business. Yeah. And so in developing Conjurer, I was the only guy doing it. It completely yeah. changed the dynamic. And now people know, oh, he's the guy in the box. He's the, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. So, yeah. And that's exactly what I would suggest to anybody is try to find your own. I mean, being self-aware, like you just said, is a major, is a big deal. If you can do that, you're part of the way there <laughs> yeah if you can realize there's so many other guys doing the same thing you may be doing if you're just a magician or a juggler or whatever right you really need to set yourself apart so that when you're getting booked they're not booking just a juggler or a ventriloquist right. they're booking Robert Smith or they're booking conjurer or they're right. booking Tony right. Brent or, or whoever but you really have to focus on being your own brand. I know branding has become such an overused thing. But you know thing, what? It's, it's a fancy, here's why people get confused with the term branding, because it's a fancy 2016, 17, 18 term for your reputation. Yeah, that's, that's true. all it is. Yeah, yeah you're so, right. So, yeah, I think developing that for me as a brand, people people know how, what I'm going to deliver when I get out to a fair, uh -huh. you know? And for so many of these magicians, it was it's just the same, I'm going to go do a trick. Yeah. And there tends to be a lot of drama around, um, with some of them around, you know, there's prima donna. I mean, it's not just magicians. There's prima donnas anywhere. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really think that self-awareness. And then I think if, if I had to tell myself something, it would be patience. Patience? It's everything that you're going to do in life takes a lot longer to execute yeah. on than you think. Oh, yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I mean, it takes time and... and uh, so many factors and, and you got to give yourself time to get there and I you know heck man I'm still learning you know I'm I'm always at the ripe old age of 28 you're still at learning 28 and a half <laughs> I'm still learning kids <laughs> so now I'm curious what as we have gone through bringing this back because a lot of this podcast is marketing related human beings have gone through and this digital transition has been huge. It's mm -hmm. been life-changing for millions upon millions of people. Mm -hmm. The opportunities, the internet, smartphones, Facebook, et cetera, have given them. What are some ways that you and your time from, you started in 2000 with WonderWorks, how has that digital divide, digital change affected you guys for marketing your show? Well, um, first of all, one of the best things that ever happened to us was TripAdvisor. Uh, when TripAdvisor first came on the scene, that's when we started really getting attention. Before that, we weren't really doing any online marketing at all other than just having the website. Right. But uh, over time, I mean, we use social media, not to the extent that we should, but um, most of our ticket sales are done either online or by third-party ticket sellers, not very many in our own box office, which right. is actually good. Sure. Because you want it to be coming from all these other sources, not just people that walk in the door. Right. You go, oh, look at that sign. All you can eat pizza. Let, we're, now let's right. get tickets. So a large portion of our ticket sales come from online from online ticket sales. Right. And again, like th third party ticket sellers like 
timeshares, uh, hotel concierges, we, right. they talk us up and they can sell our tickets. So we get a, most of our tickets are sold that way. Right. Um, and I think anybody out there who's trying to get business, if you're trying to use uh, social media and, and marketing online, you need to be thinking about what is your end game or what do you hope to get out of it? I see tons of people that put videos up Right. But are, is that video going to get you any work? Is it going to get you any business? True. Are you going to make money because of that video? Right. Other than, I mean, if you want to put it up just to be saying, hey, I'm good at this card trick, that's one thing. But if you're putting it up hoping to earn money, you need to be thinking long term. Right. How is that going to make me any income? Exactly. You know, and, and then is it, am, I, am I just trying to build my reputation and hopefully more people go to my website? Yep. But I don't necessarily see that. I see a lot of people putting videos up where they're showing a cool magic trick, and then that's it. Right. And then if, if, if you want to learn more about them, you've got to Google them. Right. There's no link on the video to their website or booking them. Or, you know, what are you really trying to get out of it, out right. of what you're doing? So you're, you, there needs to be more mindfulness in the story that people are telling. I think so, and I think the, the story should be more personal than here's look at this coin trick I'm great what, what was Seinfeld's old joke I'm a magician here's a quarter now it's gone you're stupid <laughs> uh, that was the joke you know yeah uh, you know what what is the purpose why are you doing that trick right maybe your grandfather gave you that lucky coin right you know and you carry it with you everywhere right but you know I I'm drawn to things that are real and not perfect Right. And even if it's a little sloppy, but it's more real right. than I am to some slick anything, well, no well, matter what it is. To me, authenticity matters. It I does. think the reason so many magicians suck at being magicians is because they're, whatever it is that they're putting out there is not their authentic self. No. They no. like Almost magic. never. <laughs> they like magic tricks. They like to watch David Copperfield. They might like to come see your show. They might... And then they think, oh, I can do that because I want to be able to control how that makes me, like how it made me feel the first time. Yep. I want to be able to do that. But I think performers across all walks of life, whether you're a singer or an artist or a juggler or whatever you are, like there's a point where you have to really ask yourself, do I just like this as a hobby because it's kind of fun to do a trick for my family or whatever? Yeah. Or am I going all in on this? Right. And I think a lot of the guys that try to go all in need to be a little more self-aware and maybe yeah. not go all in yeah you know I never assume that the audience is going to like what I do you That's know the truth I never assume like I I always have this attitude if there's a a group a family of four that come to the show they're probably coming because one of the kids likes magic yeah this usually the son he's gonna be probably 10 years old and the sister was drug along, and the parents are okay with it. Right. My goal is to blow the parents and the sister out of the water. Because the kids are the kids already, already on, on board. board. Yep. So, uh, and that's always been my philosophy ever since I first got started in the business. Is I don't assume, and I, and I you know, no matter what you do, no one's going to like it as much as you like it, right? Right. So I assume that they're. I'm gonna. I'm assuming that they're not gonna love it from the right. get-go. So, partly our success rate with repeat business has been because 
you entertain the rest of the family, yes. not the one kid. Yes, because everybody knows that the kid's gonna like the trick. Everybody knows it. Yeah. So it's so why are you entertaining that kid when you but need to be? But if only twenty five percent, if one out of every four people in your audience, yeah, is the only one that likes it, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, you are. I think so quick. too. And I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. It could be wrong, but. Right. I've always treated it that way. Even sure. back in the days when I was doing birthday parties in, in homes, I was entertaining the adults. Yep. And then the next year, the adults the adults are the ones that pay for the tickets. It's not the kids. Right. <laughs> so uh, I always, you know, uh, my show is family friendly, but it's not geared toward any one age because we may have corporate groups, all adults. We may have college groups. We never know yep. what we're going to have. Right. You know, we have something different every night, so. Well, and that's always the thing I found that's really wonderful with your show is that you aren't trying to impress the audience. Right. You're coming out to try and, like I say, you're the host. Like, you're just, yeah. you're just kind of helping them have, you're like the cruise director on a cruise. You're just doing yeah. fun stuff. And then, and I, I'm going to bet if you you know when you say it's the, it's the son he's 10 years old if three out of four of those people that come into that audience they already come in thinking we're doing this just to appease the kid yes we're going to tolerate so. this show for right. 45 or 50 yeah. minutes and then they come out and within three or four minutes they're like oh my god this guy's hysterical and they right, realize hopefully. he's not well some <laughs> nights yeah <right? laughs> every now and then every now and then <laughs> you have one of those shows uh -huh. but the point being you come out and you you don't dress like the typical magician. You nope. don't say the cheesy jokes like the typical magician. Mm -mm. You are far more willing to laugh at yourself in the process yeah. than the typical magician does. Right. I I almost I'm more of a parody of a magic show. Yeah. Than I'm not a, a complete parody because <laughs> I tried that and it didn't work in this market because I had too many people from other countries who don't understand parody. That's true. But I did at one time. Yeah, I, I tried to do a, a, a full-on, basically a parody right. show, and it just didn't work. So now I just combine elements of it in the show yeah. um, to make myself happy. <laughs> so what's the future hold for Tony Brent? Well, I'm, I'm uh, still happy where I am, and I'm plugging along, and I'm doing some writing. I, keep, I write screenplays and children's books and... Um, I'm about to start my own podcast. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Do you have a name for it yet? Yes, it's called Tonyville. Tonyville. Yeah, Tonyville. See, that's you got your name. Like as of <laughs> as of podcast fam, as of the time you are listening to this, I still don't have a name for this. It's being recorded before we have the name. What should I call this? Like I've had people. I used to. I was doing a vlog once that was. It was the fair question, and it was all fair oriented. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine out of Alabama suggested we could call this one um, "Fair Game." Oh, okay. And I kind of like that idea. But then my my thing is, I don't want to get pigeonholed into it's only about fairs or festivals. Okay. I want to be able to expand. So I don't know. Uh, about Robertville. Ro what? <laughs> uh, Robert Town. Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to get pigeonholed, uh, name it Bongo's Cuban Cafe. Oh, Bongo's wait, I just Cuba, saw a sign. Bongo's Cuban Cafe, and you happen to see a sign. Amazing. Yeah. We're sitting outside Disney Springs. Um, I could name it Starbucks. I see that over there. That sounds familiar. That is. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, there's Planet Robert Wood. I guess. Yeah, there you go, Planet <laughs> Planet Robert. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll figure out a name. Yeah. Podcast fam, by the time you hear this, we will have a name. Yes. <laughs> we will have a name. Cool, man. Where can my listeners find you? Uh, right now, I'm at Disney Springs. Where can they find Back you by on the, the, Bongos on Cuban the internet? Oh, the internet. TonyBrent.com. T O N Y B R E N T.com. Or uh, uh, OutOfControlDinnerShow.com for ticket information and, tic- and purchasing tickets to the dinner show. Awesome. And Facebook t- at Tony Brent. Uh, my fax number is. You used to have one? Does Wonderworks have a fax machine? Tell the I, truth, Tony Brent. They probably do. I don't know. I haven't do been in really? the office in years wow. upstairs. That's crazy. Yeah. A f- actual fax, a fax machine. machine. Awesome. And eh. Anything Remember else? Remember those when they go, eh. Oh, right. The old, eh. like, yeah. And the old modem handshake. Remember yeah. when uh-huh. they got to connect? <laughs> right. Anything else you want to add to uh, add to what we've shared today? Uh, No, I don't know. I can't think of anything. It's good to see you, buddy. Glad to it's see you. It's always a pleasure to see you. So I'm going to start a new thing right here, right now. We're going to call this Sage Advice. One bit of advice for everybody listening at home for a successful future. Go. Wash your hands and use soap. Podcast fam, I really appreciate you listening to this episode with Tony Brent. Quick announcement. Next week, Friday, May the 18th, 2018... If you are attending the Florida Federation Affairs Convention, you want to be at my roundtable session, New Ways to Market Your Fair. That is Friday, May the 18th from 10.15 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. If you are a fair that needs every marketing dollar that you spend to play like $100, you must be at that session. See ya.